Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Koi Pond and Water Garden Podcast. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed. With your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. Hey, hey. In pursuit of all things aquatic, bringing you Koi Pond and Water Garden advice straight from the field. The show starts now. Hiya. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 64 of the Koi Pond Water Garden podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I'm happy to be here with all of you aquatically obsessed, pond keeping, pond professionals, whoever is out there listening. Happy to be here with you. Winter is coming. That cold, dark, obscure time of year for many pond keepers. So much of winter is hidden from us. Winter is like a time of endurance. We endure winter. We endure it because it's a very precarious time of year. Until only recently have those who live with winter conditions been able to be reasonably confident that they will make it out the other side of winter fully intact. Even that is a precarious confidence because if anything ever went wrong, maybe for some reason, some crazy reason, roads couldn't be cleared. Winter would become deadly dangerous real quick if you're not ready for it. And winter would truly become a time to measure your endurance. As a pond keeper, I'm amazed at the wintertime endurance that my koi and goldfish exhibit year after year. As a professional, I'm amazed at the endurance of the full-service aquatics technicians. <laughs> my company, Full Service Aquatics, is based in Summit, New Jersey, and the wintertime service calls can be tough, man. They can be really tough. You can check out my company at www.fullserviceaquatics.com or on Facebook. I have a Full Service Aquatics page, and my phone number is 908-277-6000. So New Jersey can be pretty extreme. It's like white walker conditions sometimes. So my guys brave some harsh conditions while in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Our koi and goldfish brave some pretty extreme conditions here in the state of New Jersey, even more so. And in other areas, they're going through the same stuff. That cold, dark, obscure time of year for pond keepers is a cold, dark, obscure time of year for our koi and goldfish as well. Some winters, our koi and goldfish are buried under a thick blanket of snow and ice in the dark without food, cold, and cut off from the world, sometimes for months on end. What the hell happens to our koi and goldfish during winter? That, my aquatically obsessed friends, is exactly what we're going to talk about in this episode of the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. I spend a lot of time fielding questions from clients and hobbyists, and some of those questions just come up again and again. They are the FAQs that I get, and one of those very common questions from pond keepers here in the Northeast U.S. and other winter areas is what happens to my fish during winter? <clears throat> it's an excellent question. We're so engaged with our fish while they're in high season, enjoying those pond side, colorful greetings of fish swimming up to us, watching them show off their amazing swimming skills and schooling behavior in the pond. We're mesmerized by their antics 
during those frenetic feeding sessions. They get so worked up or just being fascinated by the mania that occurs during spawning time. There's always something happening with our fish. There's always something going on with your pond, and it's never the same show twice. Better than TV. What happens to them? What happens to those high-energy fish during wintertime? Seems like they're accessible, and then they're not. They're literally eating out of our hands, and then they're not. Fickle. Fickle fish. Them koi and goldfish. Fickle, I tell you. So here's the deal. It doesn't really happen as quick as I'm making it sound. And local weather conditions to you will make a difference. Many pond keepers might already know that at certain water temperatures, you start or stop feeding koi and goldfish. And we'll get to some of those specifics. The journey into winter, however, for the fish should actually be taking place along with the pond keeper. You are their keeper. This is not a solo journey. Both fish keeper and fish want the post-winter outcome to be positive. The pond keeper has great influence in how well the fish will do during winter months, during that time of being cut off, during that time when the pond keeper or fish keeper doesn't even get to see his fish. You can have great influence in how well they will do. How you approach preparing your fish and pond for winter will depend on your specific location, weather conditions, temperatures, etc. Remember that. So adjust for your local conditions as necessary. Be a smart pond keeper. In my area of the world, the pond keeper should start prepping the fish for winter in September. While it's still hot, this prep work is basically through feeding your fish. I start feeding my fish a lot come September. In New Jersey, the weather is still hot. Water temperatures are still high. My fish, however, are starting to show a slowdown from the high season feeding frenzies. So now is the time to actually step up feedings. During the summer months, the feedings that we give our fish are very likely burned off at about the same rate of calories taking in versus calories being burned off. Kind of even Steven, mostly. The energy level of koi and goldfish is so high that those calories from your feedings just get burned off unless you're very careful. Your fish are probably not getting fat from your feedings. And by the way, uh, you know, we'll take a little sidebar. By the way, I want to say real quick off the topic of what's happening to fish during winter. This is more on the topic of feeding your fish, uh, goldfish and koi in general. I don't agree with any of the pond professionals that tell clients that their koi and goldfish do not have to be fed and they can forage for all their food. I don't agree. You really need to feed these type of fish. They may survive by foraging, which is amazing. It's a testament to how awesome they are. But these are not natural fish we're talking about. Koi and goldfish are man-made fish, and they should be fed. Big, high-energy fish need food. Feed your fish, folks. Learn how to do it. It'll be a rewarding experience. Feed your fish. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Your fish are probably not getting fat from your feedings, and that's maybe kind of the problem. Koi and goldfish used stored fat reserves to get them through the winter. If your high-season feedings just get burned off and you don't adjust 
to a higher feeding level, you know, six or eight weeks before winter, then your fish will lose too much weight during the winter season. It's attrition. Skinny fish are sick fish or fish that are about to be sick. So if your almanac says winter is coming in eight weeks, adjust your feeding routine. This is the time of year to let your fish eat all they want. Let them eat. This is the time of year to build those fat reserves, fatten them up. Before you know it, they'll stop eating, and they're going to have to live on what they have. Fish generally seem to stop eating when water temperatures stabilize, I would say, in the low 50s. They just kind of lose interest. A little bite, little nibble here and there, but you know, for the most part, they kind of nose the food around. They are not the crazy wackos that we've all become accustomed to in July and August. Let them eat. Another part of the pond keeper's prep work uh, to make sure your fish are doing okay will be to make sure filters are clean going into winter. Debris is mostly removed from the pond. I don't mind a few leaves in the pond. You know, I, I don't want to let an entire autumn worth of leaf fall sit in my pond all winter. But to have like a, a little pocket of leaves or something like that, I personally don't mind at all. I don't think it really does that much damage. I like the, the naturalness of it. And I think, you know, in my mind, I think the fish enjoy it as well. <laughs> um, I know I'm projecting right now. Um, so a few leaves are okay. De-icing equipment should be installed. I like to use floating de-icers and an aerator in combination. That's my preferred method. That's what I recommend to my clients. That's how when we go around and we, we manage hundreds of ponds, when we go around and we start doing our winter prep services, uh, I am certainly hoping that all of them are going to do a floating de-icer and an aerator. If I had to just choose one, it would be the aerator for de-icing. De-icing, as the term goes, would be more accurately called degassing, degassing the pond. The ice is not the issue. Ice can actually be beneficial to a pond during winter months. But the gases that can accumulate need to be let out of the pond, and the de-icing equipment allows for that by creating an open area of the pond for gaseous exchange. Oxygen in, ammonia, and the nasties out. If the pond keeper, you know, if you do your prep work, those mysterious winter months won't seem so foreboding. We won't have to dread the infamous spring pond reveal. No more sleepless winter lights, worrying about what's happening underneath that snow and ice. We can be more confident pond keepers. And the good news is that the work involved really is not much at all. Once you're prepped, your fish are prepped. The pond is prepped. Water temperatures are dipping below the 50s and winter truly hits. It's going to be all right. Just do your prep work. It's easy stuff. So what does happen? During this time, our fish enter into a state of semi-hibernation. It's called torpor. It's a state of idle, listless inactivity. Reminds me of something. <laughs> uh, they're just chilling out. They're literally, they're literally chilling out, like Dylan. Torpor is not quite full hibernation. It's a shorter duration than hibernation. Otherwise, it's a very similar state of being. Uh, they have lower, lower body temperature, blah, lower body temperatures. They have a reduced heart rate, slowed metabolism, slowed reaction times. They have a reduced breathing rate and reduced primary body functions. 
So torpor allows whatever animals in that state to save the energy that would otherwise be needed for high le- higher levels of activity. Um, but be aware that torpor can, can take some time for gold, fish, and koi to snap out of it. If torpor needs to be broken, try to do it with finesse. For example, if you need, you need to open a, a hole in the ice in your pond, don't do it with a hammer. Don't bang your way through the ice. That, that's sure to stress out your fish and you, sometimes to the point of death. Death, I say. And I'll let you figure out whom that statement pertains to. Many experts say that because koi and goldfish are cold water fish, non-tropical, they actually benefit from a cold period. However, prolonged and extended cold spells and dark are not good for them. During these prolonged spells of the worst of winter, they run the risk of their immune systems greatly weakening or shutting down. Coin goldfish are what are called poikilothermic animals. It's a fancy way of saying cold-blooded. I hope that impressed you, poikilothermic. This basically means that their body temperature is regulated, regulated by the surrounding temperature of the water. If water temperatures are 52, their body temperatures will be 52, or at least not above 52. In turn, their body functions respond and change according to the water temperature. The activity level slows down pretty dramatically. They tend to keep themselves concealed if concealment is available. If you have fish caves in your pond, which hopefully you do if you're a koi or goldfish keeper, if you have fish caves or fish tunnels, you know, they'll utilize those. The metabolism for koi and goldfish is greatly reduced during low water temperatures. The activity that we see, if we can see it, is typically very slow, lazy motions. Any sustenance that they do take in, and they do, we're not feeding them, but they still take in some sustenance. It's done by gently scraping meals of algae off the superficial surfaces of submerged rocks, for example. The algae is an excellent food source during this time, and it's plant-based, gluten-free, and vegan. So there's that. All the ponds that my company designs and builds utilize natural rock and stone in the construction. So these submerged rocks offer an excellent platform for the type of algae the fish eat during the winter months. It's interesting, actually, to see the scraping patterns on all of the rocks during the winter months. I like that. I think it's kind of cool to go and check that out. Excuse me. What else are they doing down there, apart from the occasional lazy meals that they scrape up? Our koi and goldfish are (laughs) not up to too much. But even when koi and goldfish are not up to much, that's still interesting behavior based on the antics in all of the other seasons. For the most part, they're going to be sitting on the bottom of the pond in the warmest pocket of water that they can find. During winter months, the warmer water is on the bottom of the pond. The water at the surface is colder. During warmer months, of course, that's inverted. The colder water is at the bottom of the pond, and the warmer water is up top. So, And the layering of water temperatures is called the thermocline. I've often seen my koi literally lined up next to each other on the bottom of the pond, evenly spaced, facing the same direction. It's like they're in a parking lot, a koi parking lot. It's pretty funny behavior. 
it may lead a pond keeper to think that koi and goldfish are huddling together so they can share body heat and keep a little bit warmer. Nope. Remember, koi are poi kilothermic. So no keeping warm there. This behavior probably is a way to fit as many koi into that pocket of warm water as possible. It's a very efficient arrangement of fish. In larger warm areas, you'd probably see a more random formation of the koi, some facing this way, others facing that way. But if it's a small pocket, man, they get, they get real efficient real quick. Um, there will be some activity at times during the winter months, but this is all temperature dependent and whether you see it or not, visibility dependent. When the water temperatures are between 45, 55 degrees Fahrenheit, koi and goldfish will still slowly mill around the pond. They'll, they'll still take some time sunning themselves when the conditions allow as well. They'll still come out and sit in the sun, even on those cold days. Um, and once water temperatures dip below 45, they really kind of remain pretty still, even on the sunny days. Our koi and goldfish really do face and endure some pretty harsh conditions. With some understanding of what they're dealing with on our parts, we can help them negotiate the winter months. Some tips to remember, keep an area of the ice open as much as possible by using a floating or sinking de-icer and or an aerator. This open area of ice will allow gases to escape the pond and oxygen to get in more efficiently. If you need to open the ice in the pond, find a quiet way to do it, like using boiling water to open a hole, if the ice is thin enough. Don't chop or break ice open with a pickaxe or hammer, especially in sub-freezing conditions, because it just freezes right back up. Most pond professionals, like myself, are going to use a handheld drill, you know, battery-operated drill with a hole saw. We typically use a three-inch hole saw. We literally uh, drill a hole, a three-inch hole into the ice. It's not that loud. It's very efficient. It's a heck of a lot easier than trying to bang your way through it. And it's pretty quiet compared to everything else. If you're a pond keeper, the hole saw is a great tool to have. I highly recommend it. Some people add salt to their ponds. I personally, I'm not a practitioner of adding salt unless it's for treatment purposes. Um, if you do add salt to your pond, you should dilute your salt levels before going into cold winter months. Higher salinity can make your pond's water freezing point drop to below 32, which can kill your fish. Generally speaking, you should not let your pond's water temperature drop below 36 degrees Fahrenheit. Temperatures below 34 will allow ice crystals to actually form on the gills of your koi and goldfish, which can kill them. Certainly does damage, but could potentially kill them. So you want to be careful, you know, that kind of stuff. Watch the temperatures, especially if you live in an area of extreme winter. Also, Keep in mind, winter is still prime time for predators of our koi. And torpor makes our koi and goldfish very easy targets. Uh, they're very susceptible. Some brutal predators like mink and the great blue heron have no issue hunting our frozen ponds. When conditions allow, try to keep account of your koi and goldfish. It'd be prudent to set up predator controls for your pond as well for those winter months, especially for those of you who aren't just aren't around your ponds that much. I would highly recommend doing that. 
So let's recap. You need to learn to prepare your livestock for winter and adjust your feeding routine. Your summer feeding routine should not be the same as your autumn routine, just like the early spring feedings are so much smaller than the high season July, August feedings. So adjust for success. You need to prep your pond for winter. Clean those filters, remove the, the debris, set up the icers. I use both floating the icer and aeration. Um, your koi and goldfish are in torpor, so low levels of activity are the norm. Scraping some algae for sustenance is perfect for them. Don't feed your fish during those winter months, and don't stress your fish out. You know, we worry about our fish sometimes, and in doing so, we'll do something like go and start poking our fish because they're not moving, and you're stressing them out. You know, unless they're dead, not moving during the winter months is pretty normal behavior. So don't use stress your fish out. And beware of the predators, great blue heron, mink, otter, etc. They all want to eat during the winter too, and your colorful fat fish are always on the menu. Be vigilant <clears throat> and make sure you do those feedings. Make sure you prep your fish up those feedings. Come whatever time of year it is for you here in the Northeast United States, New Jersey specifically, September is a great time to start ramping up those feedings. Hey, everybody, you know what? Thanks so much for spending some time with me. This is the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I appreciate being here with you to talk about all things aquatic. And I'm a Koi Pond Water Garden Water Feature Professional for 25 years now uh, in March. My company is Full Service Aquatics. We're based out of Summit, New Jersey, but we take on projects just about anywhere. If you have a project you're considering, or if you need some advice, or maybe you just want to say, hey, don't be shy about giving me a call. I'd love to hear from you. My phone number is 908-277-6000. Easy number, 908-277-6000. We can talk about anything you want. Just keep it in the pursuit of all things aquatic. As always, let me encourage you to get to know your local pond professional. I'm guessing that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a water feature, koi pond, water garden of some type in your life. Getting to know your local pond pro can really make your life a lot easier and more enjoyable. Most of the pros I know are very happy to share their experience and knowledge with other pond keepers. Reach out to them. Get them on speed dial. If you can't find someone, reach out to me. I'm happy to help. I have a nationwide network of professionals I deal with, and I would be happy to connect you with them and them with you. I'm sure I can hook you up. Give me a try. Support your local pond professionals. You can find more of the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast on YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel called The Pond Hunter. My Facebook page is Full Service Aquatics. My Twitter is at The Pond Hunter. iTunes. You can find the podcast there as well. My website is fullserviceaquatics.com or just go to loveyourpond.com. That's me. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. Be good to each other. Share your pond keeping passion with those around you. We need more pond keepers in this world, as strange as that may sound. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share this. Let others know. I need your help to keep content like this coming out. Keep it pondy, everybody. And I will see you next time here on the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic. 
Broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. The aquatically obsessed, just like you, who stuck around to the bitter end of this podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy, everybody.